climate tax, diesel shortage, rhinos to degrade the Second Amendment. The Biden regime amps up the proxy war in Ukraine. They're trying to spill it over into Poland, into Eastern Europe. They want to draw Russia into a bigger conflict. I don't get it. Where are the peacemakers? And something strange has happened. Putin's nuclear keys colonel has died mysteriously. Huh. What does that mean? Well, it's time for your download of Geopolitical Risks on DEFCON 5, and Josh Reed and I will be bringing it to you right now. protests farmers in the netherlands climate tax on fuel so as biden's trying to give a fuel hol a holiday a tax holiday in the united states they're smack they're smacking the farmers it looks like they're tacking the food chain every which way they can it's kind of crazy isn't it we have a tax on supply chains energy food in europe and north america where will this maelstrom of self-immolation right lead Western-sized economies, it's going to get far worse than it is right now. Much worse, with only a collapse in, into the fi great financial void coming this October. I mean, that's just my opinion. This is James Grumig, your co-host of Unrestricted Truths, DEFCON 5, with co-host Josh Reed on AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, or you can find us on AmpNews.us. This show is brought to you by our lead sponsor, Kirk Ellett, PhD, Private Advisors. Let's go to image number one. So the war in America is running through the Centers for Disease Control. That, that is a cover slide for a 132 slide deck. They're gonna give the COVID vaccines to babies. They're trying to push down to three months. They already got them at six, six months, 21 to zero vote approval. They're having an ASIP meeting, which means they're voting all day and the seance goes on in Druid Hills, and it spells really bad news for the American kids and the parents that are actually warped in believing this. Let's go to image number two. We're seeing this on a regular basis. This could be a mechanical failure, but helicopters and planes are falling out of the sky or crash landing in Miami, and you gotta wonder, is the COVID clot shots involved in this? I don't know, but it seems really strange to me and Josh Reed will, and I will weigh in at it. Let's bring in Josh Reed. What's up, James? Good, Josh. So what do you think about all the plane crashes, delays, helicopter crashes? It's just too much to be a coincidence, in my opinion. It's way too much to be a coincidence. And so I've been very outspoken about this since about 2017. 
And so 2017 is when we started seeing these occurrences of military vehicles, military transports, naval ships, submarines, and aircraft begin to do very, very unexpected things. If you remember back in 2017, we had a few naval ships that actually one ran aground and another ran into another ship. We had submarine incidences. We had the USS Connecticut not too long ago in the South China Sea run into an underground mountain, quote, quote unquote. And then we've had a string of military aircraft over the last four years almost fall out of the sky. And so when I start to look at this, my time in the United States Navy actually dealt a lot with some of these types of systems that integrate the ships, the aircraft, as well as the, the submarines into a global navigational network. And my original theory when this was happening, the ships and submarines, was that China had advanced a technology to hack our SATCOM communications in a communication system we call Link 16. And so basically what I'm thinking is happening here is these ships, these subs, and these aircraft are all being hijacked through satellite communications by the Chinese and they basically taken over or shut down completely. Now we saw a resemblance of this. If you go back to the Q post, this is May, 2018. Q actually hints towards this and warns people that our submarines are probable for hacking by the Chinese because of technology that has been stolen from the United States military. And we know how that went down, the Barack Obama administration selling United States military secrets over the China. And so, James, I think that there's something more nefarious going on here than we could ever imagine, especially when we have these five aircraft central, uh, centered around El Centro um, and from MCAS, the naval aircraft, the F-18, the helicopters all crashing in Southern California. If you remember about eight months ago, we had civilian aircraft that also crashed in Southern California. One of them did a nosedive very similar to the Chinese aircraft that crashed just a few months ago in China. So I think what we're seeing here is potentially, um, if you remember, James, remember the ships that were sitting off the coast of Southern California when we had the supply chain crunch? And many of them were Chinese flagships or Southeast Asian flagships that were potentially Chinese in origin. And many, many people were theorizing that these 10 ships that had been there for over 18 months had Club Ks on board. I'm speculating now that potentially they have something a little bit more lethal than Club Ks and some type of electromagnetic or directed energy technology that is being basically calibrated and targeted toward U.S. military aircraft and training zones. Let's let's. Uh... Hey, Stu Swerk, are you there? I've seen numbers of 190,000 or thereabouts uh, people who, who might be reinstated because they apparently didn't get back. I'm not convinced that anything coming out of DOD with respect to numbers of people who got who got the jab. I don't think any of the statistics we get from them are, ac are accurate because DOD is, is highly politicized. Uh, there was yeah. a report, you know, some months ago that it was like 94% of all military people were got the jab. And that's not the case if we got 200,000 uh, or, or thereabouts who, you know, who, who have apparently not been vaccinated. And I think this, this notion of reinstating people who did not get the jab is, is a smart move for readiness purposes, because what we need are, are those people back in uniform those are more than likely highly trained mid-grade or, or even senior people. And th th now is the, the worst possible time to draw down on those skill sets.
Understood. Uh, Josh, want to weigh in on what Stu's just said? Yeah, I, I agree 100% with what Stu's saying. We said this before this actual tidal wave came about to the United States military, that the utilization of these vaccine <clears throat> mandates was going to bring about a point of vulnerability within very, very strategic military services within our armed forces. This includes mid to senior level people who are highly experienced that the DOD has spent millions of dollars on training in these critical positions. And these people don't like being forced these experimental vaccines onto them. And a lot of the people that we saw that were making an exit from the military were these specific people, which people don't realize that this brings a massive point of vulnerability for our armed forces, especially when you have that a level of experience moving out of the forces back into the civilian world. It brings a severe point of vulnerability to our armed services and potential if war did break out that the United States would be sitting ducks for potential attacks or even, you know, multi-fronted war. And we don't want to be in that position with not the experience of our military on board with that. Got it. Uh, we're going to switch gears for a second. We'll go a little bit out of order to uh, accommodate Stu who's at a convention right now. That's why you're seeing his beautiful image as, as opposed to him live. Um, Stu, Second Amendment. There was just a vote today against New York City, six to three, down political lines. It looks like concealed carry can happen in New York State now, and they're freaking out. What are your thoughts? Hooray for the Second Amendment and hooray for the Supreme Court as it's currently configured. And hooray for Donald Trump, because that's one of the reasons why that that decision went the way it did. However, there have been past Supreme Court decisions that have generally uh, supported uh, the not thou shalt not infringe provision of the Second Amendment. I think it's a great it's, it's a great uh, precedent and it, it'll it'll set the tone for any of these other attempts to infringe on our constitutional right to carry uh, arms as citizens in this great republic. It's a, so it's a great decision. And the left is the left is coming unglued. You know, they've got all these they've got all these uh, gun control ops that are that are under underway right now, trying to trying to capitalize on the on these uh, school shootings and so forth. Uh, it's not clear to me that the, that those school shootings are are uh, impromptu slash indigenous or whatever. It, it seems like there's there's more information that's going to come out on, on the Uvalde event. And in fact, uh, just like just like has come out in, in, in other such shootings, it is the timing is, is too convenient in my mind. So uh, it's a good it's good to see this this decision come out. It's a strong decision. And uh, I could care less if the left comes unglued. Uh, I left New York City because I know the left will come unglued up there. So, I'm, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> glad I'm down in Florida. I'll be at one year next week. Uh, so so quickly. Eric Greitens uh, is running for, I guess, Congress in Missouri, and he had this rhino hunting video, which I thought was amazing, because I guess his background was a Navy SEAL or something like that. Did you see that video, one? And uh, he's taken it off his website, but what are your thoughts on that? I did, I did not see the video, but I've seen uh, discussions of it on social media, mostly on Telegram and, and, and on True Social. And I, I kind of roar when I, when I hear about it, because, I mean, this is campaign season uh if if we've learned anything over the last four to five years is that is that campaigns political campaigns in particular are very serious business and certainly our opposition namely the democrats are, are going to use every dirty trick in the book and 
you know, calling, you know, calling for a rhino hunting campaign, uh, that's pretty, pretty uh, placid in comparison to the crap that we that we get from Democrats, including including this J6 uh, insurrection nonsense and, and uh, the other things. In fact, uh, even, even the attack on Greitens himself uh, was a staged event. Good old Karl Rove was involved in that, my understanding. Uh, so, yep. you, know, you know, these people are up to dirty tricks. Uh, I wouldn't call his campaign ad dirty tricks by any stretch of the imagination. It, it's pretty, it's actually uh, funny. And, you know, the left and the Democrats in particular don't have a funny bone. They don't, you know, they don't understand humor at all. So I like it. It, it, it was tongue in cheek. He used a flashbang grenade, had, had four, four seals all dressed up, right? Helmets on. He, he's basically wearing blue jeans or whatever. They go in first. He steps in. I'm going rhino hunting. It was very funny, in my opinion. Nothing suggests violence, but it was putting all the rhinos on notice. So I have not read the Second Amendment book to Congress or Senate, wherever it is now, but I know a bunch of rhinos are backing backing it. What are your thoughts on that, or have you heard anything? Well, I, my understanding is there are 14 that are that are uh, that voted get out of committee and so forth and are, are going to support her. They voted to take it to, to a floor vote. And my my gut reaction is those 14 need to be uh, primaried and cashiered at the earliest opportunity. I realize that's going to be hard to do because 98% of incumbents seem to get reelected uh, these days. But we've got to do something to put you know, these people, you know, we're all in primarily red state red states, uh, the people that, that voted in favor of you know, of going forward with this compromise uh, hand grenade, if you want to call it that, with the Democrats. And they're not representing their constituents because in red states, we are all pro 2A. South Dakota, where I'm from, is, is totally 2A. And you notice that neither Thune nor Rounds, uh, who, who themselves you could classify as rhinos on, on, on certain topics, <laughs> they, they knew better than to vote in favor of, of, of this uh, travesty bill. So, you know, I, we got, we've got to put pressure on these people and it's going to take local pressure and uh, constituents in, in all these respective states. They've got to be burning up the lines. Even if these people have, have voted to get it out of, out of committee and so forth, um, they still need to feel the pressure from their own home constituents because they're not representing the will of people. I agree. Hey, Josh, jump in. Well, yeah, you know what? The, the red flag gun laws that are coming about are very, very dangerous. And uh, Hochul has an executive order out there. Um, you know, the Supreme Court decision that just came out today, there is one little line in there that I think everybody should take notice of. And this was actually from uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, where he said that we have to admit that the Second Amendment is not unrestricted, in which states themselves have the right to restrict certain things within the Second Amendment. And so I, I think that we should look at that as uh, honestly an attack on the Constitution, because, you know, when I look at the Second Amendment is we, we see a regulated mission, you know, being pertinent for the security of the state and the citizens to keep and bear arms are three separate things that the Second Amendment all covers of which shall not be infringed. And, you know, when it comes to gun rights, I think we all know that once those are gone, this country is gone. This country comes down to its knees and it goes towards socialism and communism. And so when we start looking at the Second Amendment and what just passed in the Senate with these 14 Republicans, these people need to be removed immediately as well as, uh, well, listen, vote them out. 
but they're not the only ones. You got to remember in the House of Representatives, I think there was over 34 Republicans that voted for that red flag gun law. The red flag gun laws are going to be the way that they're going to utilize to take away our guns. James, I was on my radio show this morning, the Dark Delight show on WYSL in Rochester, New York. And we had a former conservative judge call up, okay? She calls up and tells us that they basically forced her out of office and then took her gun rights away and came in her house and seized her guns. And this was before the red flag gun laws. And she's fighting it in court. She was innocent of the charges and she still cannot get her gun rights back. This is a former sitting judge. Now, if a former sitting judge, a lawyer, cannot get their gun rights back after being proven innocent in court, think about how difficult it is going to be for everybody else in this country that becomes a victim of the red flag gun law simply because their neighbor or someone on social media reports them to the federal uh, federal agencies. Ryan Kelly, who is running for governor in Michigan, is a prime example of this. A federal judge has just removed all of his gun rights. A federal judge. Why? Because he has three counts of misdemeanors. He has three counts of misdemeanors. He's not convicted of anything. And it only takes a convicted felon to take away your gun rights. So this is completely unconstitutional. This is overstepping the jurisdiction of the judges. But we're going to see a lot more of this. And the red flag gun laws are going to be utilized and exasperated to take away conservatives' rights more and more in the coming months and weeks. And what's happening in Congress and Senate is we got a whole bunch of traitors. We can call them rhinos, we can call them whatever, but they are all the people who have been stealing elections as well from the American people. They're not just Democrats, they're Republicans as well. This is why they're not investigating 2020. This is why they're supporting red flag gun laws. This is why they're acquiescing to the liberal rule that is occurring right now in Joe Biden. This is why they're not opening investigations in the 2020, because they're all complicit and I think that Americans, it is time for Americans to take a stand. It's time for Americans to step up, to stand up, to speak up, to start organizing. I always said, get three people in your local community, find them and start preparing with them and start organizing with them. What that means is acts of nonviolent civil disobedience. Our, you know, Federalist 46, James Madison. This is exactly what he talked about. Go ahead, okay, Stu, I'd, like to add, I'd like to, I would like to uh, add two points about red flag laws. Uh, first of all, they violate due process, which is a, you know, a, a constitutional right. I mean, essentially, you know, via judicial fiat, you can have your right to bear arms uh, truncated and, and removed. So that, that's, one at, that's one thing to remember. Uh, the second thing is this red flag business is going to be funded by the feds. Their intent is to give states based on population uh, federal dollars uh, to get state and local law enforcement to buy into the to the implementation and administration of red flag laws in in each of the states. And what that means is, with federal money comes federal corruption, much like what has happened with the Department of Education over the years. I mean, why do you think we're getting CRT crammed down the throats of public schools because DOE has strings attached to their federal dollars? And it'll work much the same way for these red flag laws. So, so it's the standard way that the Democrats and the left use to corrupt and to move their agenda, their, their authoritarian control agenda ahead to centralize power at the federal government and then, then mandate, dic, mandate uh, rules and, and processes from D.C. at the expense of our freedoms and liberties. Very good. So, Stu, 
you know, I know you're at a convention today. You're, you're on site. I want to, you know, let you go in seven minutes if that works for you. And I want you to talk sure. about anything you'd like United States or globally, geopolitically, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the number one thing in the United States, the number one issue is election fraud. And I will shout that until it's dealt with, which means I'll be shouting that until I croak. Uh, if anybody has not seen 2000 Mules and read articles that actually give it uh, true justice, if you want to call it that in the regular media, then you are not being, you're, you're not doing diligence on the election fraud that took place in 2020. And I've written in, uh, probably 20 to 25 different articles about different kinds of election fraud. And yes, those were pieces and parts, but I'm telling you, after watching 2000 Mules, you will walk away and, and be convinced that there's something that needs to be looked at in spades in a lot of, in a lot of venues, particularly in those swing states. And it's interesting that the, that the, at the, the state convention, GOP convention in Texas, you know, they screened 2000 mules at that convention. And what happened? They passed a resolution that basically declared that Biden was illegitimately elected or elected through illegitimate means. So it, it persuaded those people, admittedly they're Republicans and they're, you would expect them to be the activist style Republicans, not, not common, you know, ordinary people, but nevertheless, it convinced a lot of them to go on record and say that Biden is illegitimate which is what I've been saying from day one, okay? So that's number yeah. one. The other thing that concerns me around the world is this potential escalation using, uh, using Lithuania as the, uh, as the mechanism to, to create a circumstance in Eastern Europe that we want to avoid at, at, all, at all possibilities. You know, this notion of that, that uh, you, can't, you can't get into... Uh, Konigsberg, what's it called these days? I forget. I even forget that. You know, the former East Prussia. You know, that's that's actually a an oblast. It's the westernmost oblast in in, in the Russian Federation. And you right. know, for for Lithuania to shut down rail service, which was agreed to by the way under previous treaty. You know, basically they were supposed to give uh, six months advance warning or something like that. So yeah, thirty years you know, been going Lithuania, on. Exactly. So, so that for them to shut it down, you know, Lithuania, you know, well, Lithuania can't stop the Russian army. They've got a, a pittance for, for any type of military capability. So you know darn well that NATO slash the U.S. is behind this, uh, this potential escalating factor. I think it's a very dangerous circumstance. I mean, you're basically trying to force the Russians into taking actions against a, a, a sovereign NATO, NATO nation. Uh, because because the Lithuanians are, are being sacrificed or they're being set up to be sacrificed just much like like Ukraine was as far as I'm concerned. So th those two those two issues, the international issue is is Lithuania and what's going to happen there. We need to de-escalate de that situation as quickly as possible. And the other thing is we need to attack this election integrity problem in every single state in the union. So, Josh, got anything to ask Stu before he goes and then we'll bring him back on in July. Well, we got Kaliningrad is uh, what we were talking about there, just north ah. of uh, Lithuania. And this is critical. And, and really, you know, Stu, I want your opinion on this. I say that World War III has already started. And right now what we have is we have superpowers of this world basically fighting each other with natural resources, energy, and supply chain. What are your thoughts? 
I would call it a hybrid war. Um, I'm not convinced that we're U.S. forces are directly involved from a kinetic perspective, but we're certainly providing aid and comfort, uh, war supplies, logistic support, and we're also perpetuating and propagating uh, what I would say is the Ukrainian party line, where we basically amplify the, the Ukrainian psychological warfare campaign that's being conducted through the media. So we're definitely involved in it. Uh, you know, the fact that we've actually sanctioned Russia and we've, that we've orchestrated sanctions by a lot of nations around the world, I'm not convinced that it's even legal that we did it under the UN Charter. I haven't really delved into it in, in great, great detail, but there's some questions about, about why we've done this when we're definitely not engaged in, in a declared war. It's an undeclared war, if anything, and I would call it a hybrid war at this point in time. And the worst thing that could happen is for U.S. US forces to be come engaged in a kinetic war, war against the Russians, because we don't know what would be the end, end game and how it would how it be it would be stopped. Yeah, very I, good. I, hey, I, Stu, thank I you agree. very much for your time. If I don't talk to you, have a happy Fourth of July. We're going to bring you on DEFCON Five in the near future in July. Uh, I'll, we'll be right back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate-free and can provide an income that you can't outlive? With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Yeah, today we accommodated Stu, who's out on location at a convention. So we want to get that interview in first so we can free him up. Uh, Josh, you can begin your, your deep dive into Image 3 and the videos and things. Take over. Yeah, let's go to video one right now. I think that's the first one. That's a good one. 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a shortage out there on engine oils. It's hard to find. Rotella, for example, and Delvac are almost non-existent. 
Well, the reason is, is because they're literally non-existent. 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a shortage. 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a shortage out there on engine oils. It's hard to find. Rotella, for example, and Delvac are almost non-existent. Well, the reason is, is because 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a shortage. 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some kind of a out there oils. It's hard to find. Rotella, for example, and Delvac are almost non-existent. Well, the reason is, is because they're literally non-existent. 1540 engine oil, or actually any of the diesel engine oils, are soon to become unavailable. You've probably already noticed that there seems to be some Go ahead, Josh. All right. Well, you know what? DEF is critically important, especially in diesel. We're seeing massive supply chain disruptions coming about here in the United States of America. We had the LNG pipeline down in Texas explode, and it looks like it's going to be out of commission for at least a year. Um, I said about a week ago that I bet you they're going to blame this on Russia, and we just saw that they're potentially blaming that on a Russian hack. And the funny thing is, it came days after an oil or uh, um, an oil refinery was attacked by uh, Ukraine onto Russia, as well as Lithuania cut off the transport into Kaliningrad. And so, this potentially the LNC pipeline there in Texas could have been an attack directly by Russia. I'm not going to rule that out, but what I want people to understand is right now. The globalists are perpetuating a war on natural resources, on supply chain, on infrastructure, and on critical infrastructure. And this is transportation. DEF is utilized for the transport of our, our trains, our heavy trucks, and our ships. This is critical to the supply chain moving back and forth. One of the examples I gave the other day is imagine what happens Imagine what happens when ships are no longer able to take off from port because of the global financial collapse and deliver these critical supplies to the United States of America. Now we're seeing companies like Sinopec and elsewhere, they don't have those critical supplies. They don't have those chemicals and those, those other various chemicals that are involved in DEF production to make new production which means that there's going to be a DEF shortage within eight weeks that's going to last and extend till 2023. This is going to be a massive 
massive hit to the United States economy, to the United States infrastructure, to our energy. You want to talk about rolling blackouts? You want to talk about violence in the street? It's coming, and it's because of what's happening right here with this perpetuated and manufactured global supply chain um, meltdown, if you want to call it that. So, James, you know, I, I'm looking at this is not a good thing right here. So if you're talking about the eight weeks, that brings us to the end of August, you know, Labor Day time frame. And it's going to be crazy because then you're throwing in, like I said, the uh, coming financial crash that's been, you know, demolished. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to print money anymore. So that's coming in October or thereabouts. Then, of course, you got the midterm elections. As Stu said, the, the other side could do anything possible to steal another vote or two or 10 or 100, whatever they're going to do. And then, of course, got COVID-19. You got the, the COVID-19 vaccine in particular, and you got the second winter. So if you're going to have a bunch of Americans suddenly getting sick when they're exposed, when they're exposed to the, the wild version of the flu or the common cold or a coronavirus or some other virus, you're going to see a, a potential mass die-off, and if not, just a lot of sick people who are going to be incapacitated themselves. So this is all coming to... I don't know, a, a conversion point? What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that we are heading to global collapse. Um, I've been warning about this since the November 2020 election, what I called a firestorm event. This is social, cultural, political destabilization. This is collapse of our supply chain and our critical infrastructure. This is the breakout of World War III and then following global economic collapse. You know, you mentioned the vaccine right there. I want to give some people some information on this. Firstly, the New England Journal of Medicine on June 15th just published a new study. The authors found that those who had prior infection but no vaccination had a 46 to 50% immunity against the two subvariants of Omicron. However, individuals who received two doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine had in no previous infection were found with negative immunity against both of the new Omicron variants. This is telling you right there that these people have negative immunity. How scary is this? This gets even scarier when we start seeing new articles about SADS sudden adult death syndrome. They have no idea yep. why people are dying all throughout the world. How about this? Former Miss Brazil, uh, former Miss Brazil, 27 years of age, okay? Died yep. in a routine tonsil operation, doctors of baffled of a heart attack. How about this one? Fully jabbed NBA player Caleb Swanigan suddenly drops dead at ages 25, doctors baffled. Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson dies, 26. We have NFL legend Tony Sergagusa dead at 55. Th Correct. That's just yesterday. That's just yesterday. How many and, people and those are, just who are famous, famous? Those are, are being famous people, like you said, right? The mm -hmm. average person never gets in the newspaper like this, and they're trying to sweep all this under the rug, and they come up with dumber and, and worse lies, like climate change. Is causing you know this the, the clotting and, and the heart attacks. Like, give me a break! It's like completely retarded. They're losing all credibility to the to the wake people. That's for sure. They they absolutely are, and I think the point you're trying to make here, James, is that these are famous people. So this is a very very short list, and this was one day within the world of of famous people. 
How many Americans out of the 350 million Americans out there died yesterday of these same symptoms and same illnesses that are not being reported as adverse reactions to the vaccine or vaccine injury? You got to imagine it's in the thousands, if not more. And by the end of this year, this is going to look incredibly like a genocide because what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with eugenicists who are trying to call the human population. They're trying to basically annihilate everything that is American. Here's James. We also mentioned that uh, they're trying to vaccinate six months and olders. You, you know, yeah. And June fifth, the I, Pfizer. I, I published. I published an article today on AMP News called. Uh, COVID death cult sacrificing children. That is basically what they're doing. I, I call CDC the COVID death cult because it is a cult. They're going after the children, trying to either sterilize them or kill them. They're doing one or the other, and it's heinous. And if you go back to 2020, they knew children under under 18 years old, children of teens and all that, have basically zero chance of getting COVID, zero chance of transmitting COVID, and yet they're going the opposite direction. Totally insane. Well, yeah. And, and you know, th there's been multiple different peer-reviewed studies, uh, epidemiological studies done by the Children's Health Defense Organization that have looked into this and shown that people who are unvaccinated since childbirth, no vaccines, have a 1% chance of developing some type of severe or disease like heart disease or cancers, which are the number you know, top one in three killers in America, which means that these people yep. don't get sick. The Pfizer documents, which came out, I believe on June 5th, even prove what we're talking about here. They said between 86 to 95% of all pregnant women involved in the study of the Pfizer vaccine lost their babies or those babies died after birth. What we're also finding out is these a very, very high infertility rate of these people afterwards as well. If, if people want to sit here and say that, you know, vaccines are good, you go ahead and do that. But I recommend you go out there and you start researching this stuff. You start deep diving into these rabbit holes because what's happening right here is something known as the 10 stages of genocide. And we are now in stage eight, the stage right before the genocide occurs. We are just months away from what Dr. Um, all these doctors, Robert Malone, Gert Bond and Boyce have all talked about this 18 month yep. window of this eye of the storm. We are about to hit it right here in the middle of fall. And guess what? We're about to see massive, and I'm sorry to say this. I mean, they call me the bearer of doom and gloom, but I hate saying these things and I hate being proven right that we're about to see mass death in the United States and they're going to blame it on some type of new flu variant or something because of the compromised immune systems of these individuals who got vaccinated. They're going to blame it on sudden adult death syndrome and it's going to cause a massive crisis in the United States of America, which I think would even prompt the United States federal government, the Joe Biden's Ill illegitimate regime to declare martial law start implementing things like directive 51 the patriot act because there's gonna be massive protesters or centers they're gonna be sitting out there saying that this vaccine's evil and they're gonna try to have them arrested that's where red flag flag gun laws come into um, play so there's gonna be a lot of turmoil coming this fall add the supply chain crisis into that add the potential kinetic world war three into that and you have a recipe for disaster coming this fall actually the prelude to dark winter yeah I'm, I'm agreeing with you let's take a quick commercial break 
I'm going to add one thing that Dr. Judy Mikovits said, then we're going to move on to the Second Amendment with Josh Reed. We'll be right back. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. I'm going to give my hats off to the Epic Times. I wrote for them. I got my start in journalism with them in 2005 with Hurricane Katrina and how Bush mishandled it and the rest of it, FEMA and all that stuff. I covered the BP oil spill. I covered many subjects and technology stuff for the past decade. And I wrote the first couple of articles on the World Health Organization fumbling the pandemic response in January 2020 before they even declared a pandemic. So hats off to Epoch Times. Yes, uh, audience and AMP Media, you should subscribe to it because they are a partner. They're a complement to what we're doing here at American Media Periscope. So American Media Periscope sponsored this past weekend, what? The Path to Truth Conference, in which your humble host, James Grumman, was the MC, And my good friend, Dr. Judy Mikevitz, was one of the main speakers here among Dr. Reiner Fulmick, Patrick Wood, and then uh, Dr. Michael Yeadon, the, the Pfizer whistleblower, was beamed in on a Zoom call. So we had four amazing speakers. Q&A was, was more than a five-hour day. It was worth it. So Judy Mikevitz has one thing to say about what's coming in October, the second winter, the dark winter. She, she calls this vaccine AIDS, drop the induce. Vaccine AIDS is what Josh was talking about. The immune system goes negative. That is coming. That's what's here. That is frightening. It, it is. And uh, we are truly in for a dark winter. And this is one of the reasons, James, why they are moving to take away our Second Amendment and gun rights right now, or at least prepping themselves to implement some methodology by utilizing red flag gun laws to come in and take the guns of veterans, of conservatives, Republicans alike, all throughout this country. You know, we had the Supreme Court decision today, which I believe was also a victory as well. You know, it's protecting the Second Amendment. But although Justice Clarence Thomas did say that the Second Amendment is not unrestricted, I do agree to a certain extent that there's no reason why people need to own nuclear weapons or anything like that. But that's not a firearm. That's not a gun. But when it comes to what happened in New York State, Governor Hochul has put in certain executive orders in the sense of these red flag gun laws. Now, if we know by Supreme Court precedents, executive orders are not law. This is one of the biggest problems and challenges that Donald Trump brought about to the Supreme Court pertaining to DACA. 
right, is that the Supreme Court came back and said this is more of a policy for the administration than it is law, that nothing can be enforced in the sense of law through executive orders. And that also pertains to states and their executive orders. This is why when governors were issuing executive orders on mask mandates, these had absolute zero, zero reliability within the people of that country to to follow those mandates. Doesn't matter if an executive order comes down or not. It does not apply to free people. It only applies to the policy and the administrations of that state or that country. But let's go here and let's check out this uh, quick response by Governor Hochul pertaining to the Supreme Court's decision. Video three. Shocking. Absolutely shocking that they have taken away our right to have reasonable restrictions. We can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. But somehow there's no restrictions allowed on the Second Amendment. This is New York. Yeah, it it is New York. I used to live there. (laughs) Me too. I'm from there. And uh, she just lied to her constituents there. She says, oh, we can have no restrictions on the Second Amendment. Absolutely you can. They even said that it was not unrestrictive, that you can put in background tracks, rad flag gun laws. You can do these certain types of things. You can limit ammunition. All these different things they said you can still do, but you cannot target and single out specific individuals of your choosing of who can can or cannot carry a concealed firearm and that's where the problem comes in is basically we know is that there is the political weaponization of various institutions of the doj of the courts to basically target people that they don't want to have certain rights and that's illegal in this country and that's unconstitutional in this country and we cannot have it. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in New York. I, I think a flurry of most likely executive orders are going to come about from this, from Hochul. And I hope that voter fraud is cured and solved by the time that she's up for elect, re-election because that woman is like Satan herself wearing Prada walking along on the streets of New oh, York. Oh, yeah. She is a Marxist through and through. Uh, let's go to image five, because this is important to the 2A thing. These are the, the the list of rhinos. There they are that that are basically trying to not I wouldn't say gut because they're not gutting it, but they're going to degrade the Second Amendment with all these different restrictions at the federal level. What are your thoughts here, uh, Josh? Some of these names. Well, m- my thoughts are this is that we've been sold out by our politicians. It doesn't matter if they are left or the right. The left and the right are nothing more than the two wings of the same bird. And that bird wants to see a Marxist, communist, totalitarian controlled America. You know, James, I've been screaming this on my podcast and redpills.tv for the longest time that we were sold out by the Republicans. You want to know why the Senate and the Congress are not investigating the 2020 stolen election? Do you wanna know why they're not standing up for American people? Do you wanna know why they're not standing up for the second amendment? Because their elections were stolen too. They were stolen for them. Just like what we're seeing in Georgia, we had only one Trump endorsed candidate win in Georgia. In a state in 2016 where Donald Trump took 50.6% of the votes, took over 319,000 more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016, we see all these Trump-endorsed candidates in Georgia start losing? 
That makes no sense. We see candidates like Candace Taylor, who ran a phenomenal campaign, had a mailing list of well over 60,000 people that were taking part in her campaign. These are people who are door knockers, putting signs out, going to her events. And guess what? She got less votes than the critical people that were working on her campaign. Doesn't make any sense. She did a survey in these counties. And what she found out is she has sworn affidavits from voters in those counties that they voted for Candace Taylor's. And she has more sw sworn affidavits from these, uh, uh, from these counties than votes she actually received from those counties. The interesting thing is, is her vote was kept at a 5% of Kemp's vote the entire election. This is rampant voter fraud. This is a good old boys club that they're running in Georgia and they're running it in other states as well. They don't only do it for state legislators. They do it for congressmen and senators as well. This is why none of them will look into the voter fraud. They're all complicit. They are all trying to take down America and bring it to a Marxist country. And we have to stand up and demand, demand that they stop this, that they stop this right now and be held accountable for their crimes. James Madison, Federalist 46, there is four points that James Madison talked about. And by the way, this is the prerequisite that we built for the 10th Amendment, right? And, and this was the four steps. First is disquietude of the people. This is what we're doing, James. This is disquietude, right? That's number one. Number two is civil disobedience. James Madison believed that people should take up against their government in the form of protest. Number three is an outspoken governor, a governor who goes out there and is retaliatory against the tyrannical federal government. And number five, four was critically important. This is state legislator to state legislation that basically counteract tyrannical federal laws. And we're seeing this in South Dakota. We're seeing this in Florida. We're seeing this in Texas. We're even seeing this in some parts of Arizona. But we need more of it. We need more of parts one and two, disquietude and civil disobedience. And see, this is also one of the the, uh, the utilizations for the defense of the Second Amendment is they our founding fathers knew that these things were going to happen. They knew that once government gets so much power and control that they will begin to erode our rights and our freedoms and begin the process of going tyrannical and oppressive because it'll run like a machine. And they put certain safeguards in the United States Constitution that validate that you and me, the people of America, could stand up, could rise up, could speak up, could organize and fight against these tyrants. And that's where we're at right now. We're coming up to this precipice moment, the precipice moment where all of America is going to wake up and we're going to have to unite together to get rid of this evil from our country and from our world. Correct. 1776 is 2022, as we discussed last week. Um, we're going to take our last commercial break. Josh, I'm going to close out the show with uh, the Sri Lanka economy collapsing. Is that what's coming to America in the fall? We'll find right out. We're from a sponsor.
you can't get all your news from mainstream media. You might have covered Sri Lanka a little bit, maybe Reuters, maybe a couple others, but there's no focus on it. So you have to, you have to go through different sort of social media channels, through some of my contacts, and then you find out what's really going on. It was a planned demolition of that. That is coming worldwide. It's coming. So let's get a quick image up of Sri Lanka economy collapsing. Well, the energy collapsed first, and then the economy is collapsing. And this is from Sky News. So they are finally reporting it. It's completely collapsed, and they got no money. And I think Russia is the one that's providing energy now on some kind of future deal, right, to, to, to at least get the country going because it has resources. It has to feed the people. It has, you know, the, the trade and shipping. Let's bring on Josh Reed. Well, James, this is an interesting situation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So I want people to think about this for a minute. On one side of the house, you have the World Economic Forum, you have the globalists, you have the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and they all want to save people. They all want to help people. They're sitting here going, oh, man, this global crisis is getting out of control and out of hand. Then on the other hand, you have countries like Sri Lanka, which are defaulting on their debt. Japan, not too far behind them. They're defaulting Correct. on their debt to the point where people suffer, people die, people get injured, people starve, including children. James, who do they owe the debt to? The banks. The World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. So the same people are sitting there saying, hey, we want to help these countries. We don't want people to starve or suffer are the ones that these countries owe that money two which are defaulting and their people are suffering but yet the world bank and the imf are not standing in and going hey let's help you out let's give you a loan let's help you restructure do it. no they're allowing them to collapse i know it's yes. part of the plan you know it's part of the plan but the thing is oh, yeah. this shows the intention of these people is not goodwill that is not for savings lives or helping people but it's for power and control and that's where they are organized towards Sri Lanka, what's happening there is atrocious. Japan is not too far behind. And guess what? Sri Lanka just started firing on their own citizens. The citizens threw rocks at the soldiers, hit a few soldiers, injured them. I think we'll hit one in the face and oh, he got an ouchie. So they started shooting real bullets at their people. Now, this is an uncommon place. A few, about a year ago in Colombia, we had protests in the streets, and this was six months after they took the guns away, and the people started throwing mocktail cocktails and rocks at the troops. So they fired on the people and were killing them. This is what is in store after the United States has a full and total complete collapse. Yeah, well, Canada had a leaked document, very hype in the government, that basically it was the fall of 2020, that said they're gonna call COVID-19, COVID-21. They already had a new name for the variant, for the fake variant. They already had the entire SIA program and this leaked document exposed that the World Health Organization wanted to drive all the people into cities, lock them down completely, and then after they bankrupt the, bankrupt the, uh, the, the country economy, they were gonna foreclose on all the houses and you know the World Bank, IMF, all those people were gonna take over the property and kick them out force them into cities, and then what were they going to do with them? Vaccinate them, of course, you know, you know, 10 times a year. What were they going to do? Starve them, right, with, with very poor food. What else are we going to do? Uh, rolling brownouts. I mean, just think about what they would have done had that document not been leaked out because it was part of their plan and it got derailed when it was exposed. 
you know, that's that's exactly it. We know that it's coming. We know that they have some type of crisis or disaster. Um, I think that it's going to be organized around the same time of the unfoldment of a black swan event. Right now, we're seeing the cascading of our economy. I, I call it the teeter-totter to totalitarianism is we have massive economic decline that we have a little bump up, decline, bump up. And this is the small little attacks on our economy that are all going to formulate the one cascading event. I think it's going to happen when Dow hits about 21,000, 19,000, and the economy is going to cascade more than 80%, and it's going to kick off this black swan event, which is going to be ushered in with global war, with political instability, uh, martial law. We're going to have the return of the new variant, which is going to make people sick, and we're going to have third world countries all around the world collapsing at the same time, even some first world countries. Yeah, and the UN, UN is, is basically says oh, we're only going to give half the ra ra rations to the famine-stricken people of the world, right, to the poverty-stricken. Incredible. They came out and made that announcement last week. Trust totally insane. Real quick, before we close out the show with about a minute left, let's go to image number eight, which is the uh, Kaliningrad map in Russia. I just want to show the audience. All right, so let's talk about this, Josh, real quick, at a minute. Uh, Kaliningrad, this is a strategic militaristic point of all of Eastern Europe for Russia. They have nukes there. It's critical for their supply chain because it's the only point of access to the Baltic Sea. And Lithuania has basically shut it down through order of NATO. We believe it's the United States. Russia has came out and said this is an act of war. And you can be granted that they will take it as that and that they will go to war over Lithuania over this piece of uh, land because of the shutting down of uh, that critical transportation route. And so this could be the spark of the kinetic war that we're seeing beginning between NATO and Russia right here. NATO is forcing Russia's hands and most likely it's gonna happen. Right, this is this is a flashpoint that, that Stu Schwerk was, was bringing up, exactly that. Uh, Josh, thank you very much for your time. See you tomorrow, we got Dr. Talbron in. He, he, that is great, we're talking about bioterrorism, terrorism, everything else. And we got Chris Hoare, one of our sponsors for the sat phone. Why is that important? Well, because we're going to go through crazy, insane times. And when your cell tower goes down, you might need a sat phone to communicate with the outside world. This is James Grummick signing off for DEFCON 5. You'll see Josh and I right here tomorrow night. See you then.